0: Please stand for the plane of O Canada. They shall grow not old as we that are left growled. Age shall not wear them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. Thank you. Please be seated. Just a couple of announcements for today. Uh, As usual, we're asking people to respect social distancing requirements. Um, No singing, or at least very soft singing. Um, you are also allowed to hum, which is, can be hard to do behind a mask, but uh, Paula Jane has asked, maybe we could hum a little bit louder than we did last week, <laughs> so we can give that a try. Uh, for offering, there's a box at the back, and I saw a number of people notice that. Uh, you can also, we're encouraging contactless uh, offering, uh, whether through Par or through e-transfer or through our website, so if, you could, uh, if you're supporting our ministry, please consider that. We're having a set-free retreat. A number of you have done the set-free retreat that we've had here in the church. But of course, we can't do that this year. So we have partnered with a Church in Toronto. And my good friend, Connie Dunbach, Reverend Dr. Connie Dunbach, Uh, we will be teaching a set-free retreat at the end of this month. It'll be online using Zoom. And so if you want to know more information or want to sign up, please go to our website. Uh, Anna has been sending out an electronic newsletter the last couple weeks where we're not having a bulletin that contains a lot of this information. If you're not getting it, just again go to our website and click on the newsletter button and you'll have a nice little form you can fill out to uh, sign up for the newsletter that we usually send out Friday or Saturday. (laughs) Uh, The service uh, is being recorded for audio right now and that will go on our website later today as well as the sermon has been recorded. And we'll also be put up uh, video uh, later this afternoon as well. So for those who aren't here, uh, who want to listen to the whole service, you can point them to the audio. If they just want a little bit less, uh, they can watch the video. And just a reminder that there is a church council meeting this week. Um, Council members, I think, know that. But if you could just pray for us again as we discuss how things have been going and what our next steps are, we would appreciate that. Uh, Remembrance Day will be, of course, happening on Wednesday. The Legion will be having a very, very short service at the Cenotaph. Um, They're basically not even advertising it, but if people do go, they're, of course, going to be asked to keep distant from one another. And the laying of wreaths and all of that will be very short this year. It's only going to be about 10 to 15 minutes, they tell me. And so if you're able, you're welcome. Um, If not, that's okay, too. Whatever you're comfortable with. I think that's all I have for announcements today. Let's just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Let's join together for our responsive psalm, Psalm 77. And we will just uh, say the chorus together. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. I cry aloud to God. I cry that God may hear me. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Then I recall your deeds, O God. I remember your wonders of old. I recount all your works and ponder the things you have done. You are the one who works wonders. You have shown your strength among nations. By your army, you the people, the children of Jacob and God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. The watcher saw you, O God, the watcher saw you and turned in fear. The <laughs> Clouds streamed water. The heavens rumbled.
1: Your arrows folded on every side.
0: The voice of your thunder was heard in the whirlwind.
1: Lit up the world, the earth and
0: Your way was through the sea. Your footprints could not be seen. God, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Let's join together in our opening prayer. God, in this world of uncertainty, we come to worship you. You are our rock, our foundation, our stronghold. So we cling to you for your infinite peace, comfort, and strength. May we be blessed by you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray in your most holy name. Amen. Paula Jane will sing for us, O God, our help in ages past. And if you wish to stand, please do, and come along with her. Anthony, can you mute channel 6? Unplug that. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapters one, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak with my own authority, but the Father who dwells within me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Anthony will cue up for us the anthem for today. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather today, ever thankful for the freedom we share, for the lives that were given, and for the way you speak into our lives, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Today we're going to continue with our look at prayer. But their focus today is going to be on one of those aspects of prayer that maybe frustrates us the most. Something we've all experienced, probably more than we would like. Now we've all spent time praying for something that's really, really important to us. It could be a sick friend, it could be something at work, it could be something in our own lives. And we pray and we pray and we pray about it. We beg God to fix the problem, but no miracles come. Nothing happens. So if God wants to answer our prayers so badly, why doesn't He? And today we look at why this can happen. Why does God not answer our prayers? And there's a number of reasons behind it. One of the reasons That god won't answer our prayers is because we really don't pray like we should i suppose part of it comes from our canadian mentality we just don't want to bother god like how many times have we said to someone i hate to bother you but could you please pass the salt or whatever and that that canadian cultural niceness can sometimes creep into our times of prayer we just don't want to bother god we just don't want to give him our problems so we don't ask we don't pray like we should or maybe we think we're not good enough we're not good enough for god to answer our prayers did jesus answer any of the prayers of his disciples yes of course he did especially when we look at the book of acts were the disciples perfect no not at all when you read through the gospels matthew mark luke and john there's times when the disciples look like they're a bunch of 6th graders arguing in their schoolyard. Yet, even still, God did great and powerful things through them and through their prayers. And believe me, when I read about what, how the disciples acted at times, when I read through the Gospels, I know that all of you would have been much more mature in your response. You would have much better behaved than they were. In Matthew chapter 7 if you remember this from a few weeks ago Jesus says we're supposed to keep asking we're supposed to keep seeking we're supposed to keep knocking that is we're to be persistent and not give up in our times of prayer. Yet we still do it. We give up. We might think that because God hasn't answered our prayers because we've, we've asked them two or three times they're just not going to do it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes we need to keep praying and praying and praying until there's a resolution. That might mean we have to pray for days, or maybe we have to pray for weeks or months, or even in some cases we need to pray for years before our prayers will be answered. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7 say, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All day and all night they shall never be silent. That is, they're praying. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Isaiah is talking about these intercessors that God has put in place, the watchman for Jerusalem. But the principle is no different for us today. We are to be persistent in our prayers until God does what God will do. Especially If what we're praying about is a specific promise from Him, we must not be afraid to ask God to help us in our times of need, and we must be persistent. Sometimes other things need to fall into place before God can answer our specific prayers. There's also times when we pray with insincere or uh, wrong motives. You know, we pray, oh God, if I just had a million dollars, if I could win the lottery, all my problems would go away. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3 say, um, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. Would a million dollars solve all my problems? Probably. But how many more would it create? Ultimately, God will not answer our selfish prayers because He won't fulfill our greedy needs, our desires. Isn't the fulfilling of our greedy desires, the world's greedy desires, causing most of the problems we face in the world today? I believe it is. As people chase the almighty dollar, they're destroying relationships, they're destroying the morals of the world, they're destroying the environment. I've even seen it destroy churches. Greed is ruining us. And God will not satisfy our greed. These selfish prayers have many pitfalls, even if, if they were ever to be answered. If I had a million dollars, yeah, a lot of my problems might go away, but where would I put my trust then? Would I still trust in God? No, I'd probably, probably trust God less because I'd have less dependency on Him. I might have less need to pray, which would then in turn cause me this slow journey of turning away from my faith. It could also have the effect that I would care less about others. And I would become arrogant and selfish and I would trust more in my own wealth than God as I build my own little castle of easy living. Now, that's not to say we can't be Christians and be wealthy at the same time. But if we are, God has expectations of us. He expects us to use these gifts to advance his kingdom in, by helping and serving others. 1 Timothy 6.18 says, Command them to good, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. God has expectations for us, whether we are rich or whether we're poor, and will only answer our prayers if our intentions are pure, are holy, and we put our trust in Him and not the worldly things. But what about those times when we pray and we don't? trust God as we should. We pray and then we go off and try to fix it ourselves without waiting for instruction. In essence, what we're doing is we're trying to serve God in one hand and something else at the same time. We trust God but we're also trusting in ourselves or the world. Matthew 6-24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Or Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10:21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demon too. John also says in 1 John 2:15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So how do we view God as we interact with the world? Have we trusted Him with our whole heart? Or are we treating Him as a last resort when we've exhausted all other avenues? In other words, are we looking for the gifts, but not the gift giver that is our Father in Heaven? There's also many times when we pray for something to happen, but we don't realize it's actually not even part of God's plan, or even worse, it would thwart God's plan. 1 John 5.14 says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. Remember what Jesus prayed to God his father in the garden on the night of his arrest. He says nevertheless not my will but your will be done. In order for our prayers to be answered, they must ultimately result in glorifying God. Anything to the contrary will not be answered. The hard part is realizing that our prayers are not going to glorify God and accepting it. The good news is if we're in that practice of praying persistently, that is, keep asking, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, God's not going to. And if we're praying in that moment for something that God's not going to give us, the good news is God will actually let us know if we're listening carefully. That's the beauty of persistent prayer. God can use these persistent prayers to show us more about his plan, to help us learn And if we're even praying for something that is against God's will, over time, God will reshape our hearts through our persistent prayers. He will redirect our desires in such a way that we will actually change and our prayers will change to be more in line with his will. Again, that's the beauty of persistent prayer. This is part of the overall struggle. Where is our trust, ultimately? Ultimately, Is our intention pure? And what about our sin? Now, I've already talked about the greed of sin, but what about just this general problem of sin? 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So you're thinking, thank goodness I'm not one of those evil people. And you're right. By worldly standards. But by the Lord's standards, any sin in our lives is evil. Now I'm not saying this to make you think that God's never going to answer your prayers. Look at how many people in the Bible who prayed and God answered their prayers. It's all over the place. If the requirement was to be sinless to be without sin, before God would answer any prayers, then no prayer in the Bible would ever be answered except for the ones of Jesus. But the Bible shows us that God answered many, 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 many prayers. There's a a hint about how this works in Psalm 66, verse 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So the question becomes, what is it that we cherish? Do we cherish our sin, or do we cherish the Lord, our relationship with God? If we are actively seeking a pure lifestyle, that, that is, we're trusting in God, that we're seeking holiness, then we're on the right track. And sin is much less of an issue when God is answering our prayers. This prayer and holy living are connected and even encouraged it's even encouraged, as we see in James 5:16, where he writes, "Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed." The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now there's a lot of grace in Christian living, thank goodness. But in, additionally, that we, we seek to grow in our faith and our personal holiness, that is, we seek more of God. All of this is a path to greater blessing which spills over into our times of prayer. We live in a very individualistic world right now. We act like we can do it all ourselves. We have no need for anyone or anything else. We're kind of like that independent two-year-old. I do it! Yet God never designed us to work this way. God created our bodies. Think about our bodies, how they're created by individual parts that all work together. Arms, legs, hands, feet, everything. And they're all connected to our head so that they can work in harmony with each other. This is the same way God created the world. We work with those who are around us to see how God is interacting with the world, what God wants done. To bring God's kingdom to the earth, we work together. Together we are Christ's hands and feet. We are his body in the world. So if we're going to cut off our connection to God, as God has designed it, if we're going to sever that relationship, then it hinders God's ability to answer our prayers. We need to do it together. For example, Paul wrote to second, in 2 second Corinthians 1.11, he said, You also must help us By prayer. So that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Paul knew that he was not going to be successful unless he had the prayers of many people supporting him along the way. That was how God's work was going to continue. Now sometimes we miss answers to prayer because we're not looking for the right thing. We're looking for something specific when we pray for, for an answer. Think of a teenager who just got their driver's license. And what do they, so they come to the parents and say, buy me a car. he has a big list of good reasons why they should have a car. And finally, the parents relent and, and buy the teenager a car. So has the teenager's request been answered? Yes. But what if instead the parents say, well, here's, here's what? I'll take you around to some places you can apply, you can get yourself a job, and then you can buy whatever you want with your own money. Now, would the teen say the parents answered the request? No, right? Nope. Thought I'd turn that off. <laughs> now, imagine that same teenager two years later after working at a job. and driving. They've been, they've been learning these new life skills. They've been saving up their money. And now they're driving in a car that they bought by themselves. Now picture that same teenager 20 years later continuing to learn life's lessons with a decent job, a home, and a family maybe. All because the parents taught them solid life lessons in their formative years. That, that, uh, that, that all helped them grow to be a responsible adult. Now was the initial request granted? No. But something much greater was given instead. Instead of fulfilling that first selfish request for a car, they they taught that young person how to live. What's that old saying? Give the man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. God may not answer our short-sighted prayers because he has something greater in store for us. Now unanswered prayer is one of the biggest questions I get from people. And I completely understand how frustrating it can be. But we don't know the big picture. We can't fully understand God's plan. In fact, it could be argued that we barely know God's plan at all. What we need to remember is that God loves us so much. He really does. And he loves us so much he's willing to withhold from us at times so we can learn to trust him even more. So we can learn more. So we can grow more, all for his kingdom purposes. So that his will can be done on this earth as it is in heaven. This includes being done in our own lives. Remember what Jesus said at the end of our scripture reading, John 14, starting at verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified through the Son. If he asks me anything in my name, I will do it. So may God's will be done in our lives, in our churches, and in our world, we pray. Amen. Let's join for a time of prayer. Lord, we come before you today ever thankful for the blessings in our lives. Thankful that we can gather here in your presence, whether we're in this church or we're home or wherever we are, oh God, we we acknowledge your presence is with us. And we thank you for blessing us. God, we also give thanks as Remembrance Day approaches for those who fought and gave their lives for our freedom. Lord, it was not an easy thing to do. But it was necessary for the freedom of this world and for millions of people. And so, Lord, we give you thanks for the sacrifices that were made, whether their lives on the field of battle or the lives that they would suffer through when they came home. And Lord, we pray today for those who serve to, even still in, in, in overseas or in fields of battle or wherever they are. Lord, may you protect them. May you watch over them. May you bless them. May you bring them home safe and secure and whole. Lord, as we've been watching the news over the last week, we we pray for the United States. We pray for president and vice president-elects. We pray for the outgoing presidents and vice president and and the whole administration. God, we pray for a peaceful transfer of power in the coming months. We pray, O God, for unity and healing to come to that nation that has seen deep, deep division over the last number of years. Lord, may there be a coming together. We pray. Lord, we pray for peace, not just in the United States, but we pray for peace in this world. There are many, many places of division and war and hunger and famine and struggle. And we just pray for your peace and your healing to come to this world, that it may be more uh, as you have created it, a place where all are equal and all are welcome. Lord, we pray today for those who are in our lives. We pray for those who mourn. We pray for those who are alone, those who feel that they're overly isolated by the pandemic. Pray for the cold, we pray for the hungry, we pray for those who have lost jobs and for those who are seeking work. We just pray, oh God, for those who are struggling through this time, which seems to be so much harder this year. And so we pray. And now, Lord, we just lift up the personal prayers we have to you this day. Lord, all these many prayers that are in our hearts, we lift them up to you. We pray that we are patient enough to hear your answer. We pray, O God, that we are listening well enough to know what we are to do to bring healing to this world. Lord, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, I invite you to stand as Paul Jane plays for us, eternal Father, strong to save. Mm-hmm. to remain where you are. The ushers will lead you out, starting in this pew and front to back and working our way across the sanctuary and you'll exit through that door over there. Let us go forth this day knowing that God is with us. God wants to answer our prayers. God wants us to know Him even more through our prayers. So let us grow in the image of God by listening for His direction in our lives. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.